Hello, everybody, and welcome to the premiere pilot episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. I'm your Help host, me. Alberto, and with me is my, my good and loyal friend, uh, introduce yourself. I'm Bailey, hi. Hello. Sonic is killing me. That's one way to Please put it. Please help. So. Please help. <laughs> so, Bailey, what exactly are we here doing today? We're, uh, going through every single Archie Sonic comic because we're insane. Not only are I don't we... know why. Not only are we insane, but we also have nothing better to do. Because I don't know if you've noticed, the world's kind of, uh, slowly on fire. It's alright, I'm a central worker. What do you mean? I'm stuck working. No, you're not. Our <laughs> job is going to be reading Sonic the Hedgehog for the foreseeable <laughs> future. God. Finally. <laughs> This is what was planned. Yes. And on that note, so the Archie Sonic the Hedgehog comics are very interesting, to put it mildly. Yeah, that's very mild. They're, uh, something. Yeah. So, to start off, we actually, well, before the first issue was actually ever even produced, there was a miniseries a four-issue miniseries, also done by Archie Comics, written by the same guy that produced most of the first run of... of about the first issues of the Sonic uh, comics? I, th I think it was, like, out of what we read, it was, like, what, only, like, one or two that weren't written by him? Yeah. Yeah. It's spoilers. They're not that good. Well, well, <laughs> what can you do? And on that note, actually, we should also say that, uh, the majority of the first run of these comics are very one-note, let's say. Yeah. The comics were originally based off the TV show at the time, just called Sonic the Hedgehog. We, the fans, refer it to as Sat AM. So a lot of those concepts are being carried over. But in the miniseries, actually, they do go into it like a little bit differently. It's definitely like a test run. The miniseries yeah. was definitely just a test run to see not only if the series had interest, but also just, like, there's a lot of concepts that are kind of just laid on the floor with the miniseries. That never come back again? Yeah. Some that never come yeah. back, some that actually make mainstays. Like, like in issue zero, and the first... The first release of this was called Issue Zero. There is actually an origin story for how Sonic got involved with the Freedom Fighters. Even though the show and, I guess, the lar the main series does portray it a little bit differently, it's there and it's something to consider. Yeah. it The way it is, it's like, it's it's the sad AM world, but like the tone of adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And you could really tell this came out right when those were both about to air, because those also aired around the same time of each other, I think. I could be wrong on that. No, no, you're right. You're on. You're on point. Yeah. So it's a. It was a weird time. Ninety three was a weird year. So, what are? How are you familiar with these comics, Bailey? So, I grew up with them, even not knowing. I was a little baby. I was like four or something, five, six. I forget the age. I didn't know what a Sonic was until for Christmas I got Mega Collection Plus, and so and then like, I learned there was comics through that. So I knew there was comics, and I've read some of these issues that we discussed before those years ago, and any time I revisited, I'd go through it because it was neat. But what happened is that I have actually read Ian Flynn's run of these comics twice, because, and what made me go through it the first time is I learned of the egg stash from the Death Egg. 
That's what made me get interested in these comics, is the mustache of the Death Egg being a spaceship. Because I thought it was so stupid, I had to read what the context was, and it ended up being good, and so I read all of Ian Flynn's read of Archie Sonic years ago. Really liked it. And then recently, I, uh, I learned a Tumblr blog I used to follow, still going, thanks Ken Penders. Uh, really good blog, by the way, going through every Archie Sonic comic, and I saw how bafflingly awful the Ken Pender stuff was like, hmm, maybe I should read Ian Flynn stuff again, and I did that recently. And that's that's my story with the comics, and of course I read the IDW because it's good. Oh, the IDW is its own beast, and perhaps yeah. one day we'll get to that, but... That'll be a long time from now. That'll be a long time from now, but... <laughs> What about you? What is what? How are you introduced in your history with these funny Archie comics? With the Archie comics, I think I was introduced to it the same as you were. I did have Mega Collection Plus as as a little boy, as a little tiny bab, and I saw the comics in that collection, and I was mildly interested in them, but I don't think I've ever sought them out in my childhood. Up until Sonic Universe came out, that was actually when I got a subscription for Sonic Universe in particular, and got them for a good couple years. I don't remember the last one I have, but it definitely like stopped like a third of the way through that comics run. But it was enjoyable, what I read, and, and I definitely have a soft spot for it in my heart, even counting Ken Penders and his bullshit who, believe me, listen, listeners, I know you guys want us to get to that, and I want to get to it as badly as you two. Yes, we will get to it. But for now, every place has an origin, and that's what we're looking at in today's episode. Listen, you gotta experience the build-up to a kid to Hitler. All right, we gotta experience it together. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's and, and listeners, if you're confused by that, you—that's that's the fucking tip of the iceberg. <laughs> that's the fucking tip. <laughs> God, and I forgot to mention the first time I read him, I actually read before the before it ended. Uh, before the run ended with Archie. So I got to experience the of it just ending abruptly, and it hurt. I was sad. And those are all things that we'll get to in due time. Yeah. Well, like I said previously, we gotta start somewhere. And that start takes us to... Before issue one, the miniseries. So, Ooh. I believe, as I, I previously mentioned this, but the miniseries does lay out a lot of the groundwork for these comics. Like, like, like I said, issue zero has an alternate origin story for Sonic meeting Sally and how he got involved with the Freedom Fighters. Very interesting. There's also a story in issue three about how Sonic and his Uncle Chuck were working together at like a stand shack he gets an order that's actually a dream that's not a flashback at all that was just a what if scenario it is a what if scenario but i know also an issue i'm speaking of issue three i know what you're referring to but in issue zero there is a story yeah what you're talking about is right but in issue zero there is the story of sonic working with uncle chuck in his chili dog stand and uh and he gets an order from Robotnik for like 200 chili dogs. And that distracts him. So Uncle Chuck is kidnapped and is roboticized. And so Sonic 
runs in and tries to save him, but that's where he meets Sally and messes up with uh, some SWAT bots around the area. And Sally is impressed by this and says, hey, you're a pretty cool guy. Uh, I live in the forest with some other guys that try to want to take out uh, Robotnik. You, you want to join us? He's like, yeah, sure. I guess I got nothing else to do. Got no else to, nowhere else to live. My family just kind of got abducted by this man who is not taken seriously at all, despite being a big, despite taking over everything. Yeah. There's some tonal whiplash in this early run, let me tell you. Yeah, there's a lot of, like, tonal uh, dissonance, I guess you could say, with yeah. this comic. Like, it's definitely meant to be humorous, but the drama is also very profound, which I guess is fair enough to say with the uh, original series it's based off of, right? Yeah. And uh, speaking of the Freedom Fighters, we they never are properly introduced. Again, it's a licensed comic. We're just kind of... We're supposed to just assume we know who they are. So yeah. we have Princess Sally, the de facto leader, who was the princess of the kingdom that Robotnik took over. So she has her team, again referred to as the Freedom Fighters, helping to take her kingdom back. We have Antoine, who I believe is like son of the captain of the guard. He's just kind of, I don't, th was that ever established? Because, you know, I didn't watch Sad AM. In the comics, I know that's what the case was. But that was probably introduced later on, yeah. I imagine. Yeah. You know, when they actually started giving a crap about Antoine. Yeah. <sighs> so, there's Antoine. Tails is also there, although I think he's just kind of like a carryover from the original series. I don't think in the show they never really explained why he was there. He's just there. Yeah, he's just... He just kind of follows Sonic. He's just kind of brought in. Yeah, and that happens a lot in the early issues as well. We have Boomer. Yeah. Who's who, no, now known as Rotor. <laughs> but his early name is Boomer. For some reason. I don't know what it is. Maybe they must have gotten, like, uh, like pre-production notes. That's the only thing I can think of. Yeah. I mean, I think this was produced before the show was being made, or, like, or around the time it was in production still, because, like... Yeah, the miniseries was published in, like, 1992. Was it 92 as well? Yeah. I thought they were all 93, but, um... Because Blonde Hair Sally, you know, yeah. is there, I think, for... I think it was only issue zero? That's another thing. Uh, Sally was uh she does have blonde hair in only issue zero in issue one they changed it to brunette and they actually do address that although it's played for laughs obviously yeah they it's kind of a running joke throughout all of these they still bring it up during the main when we get to main series yeah it's it's a little unfortunate but you know it is what it is and you, they did what they had to do yeah but clearly it was successful enough to warrant a full series published about six months to a year later. We now properly have Sonic the Hedgehog number one. The longest running licensed series, by the way. I don't know if it got trumped yet, but it was. I mean, even at the time of its uh, inevitable cancellation, it was the it's the longest. But I, it'll be a while for someone to break that record, I think, because this comic went on for, like, I think 25 years. Yes, it, w it went on for 290 issues exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's just counting the main series. We got spinoffs. I think in total, there are, from Archie, 
over 500 individual issues. That's going to be 500 issues coming from us. We both are going to read this for your entertainment, YouTube. I'm just... You know what? I'm excited and terrified about Ken Peters. I just want to go through Ian Flanagan to get an excuse to go through a third run of that. You know? I'm ready for a third reading of that. But that's not going to be for many... For a long time. We've got years of issues of Ken to go through. Like a decade's worth. And in saying years <laughs> of issues, we can consider that a double entendre. Because who boy. However... Yeah. The writer for both the miniseries and the main series is brought to us by Mike Gallagher. His work isn't really... I don't think it's bad. I just think it's a whole lot of nothing. These definitely read like, you know, Saturday morning cartoon episodes. You know, there's a, the, we have a status quo. The little shake-up happens. There's a little story going on with Robotnik as a comedic villain, by the way. Mm-hmm. And... By the end of the issue, or by the even just by the end of the story, status quo return, robotics beaten, and they kind of just go along their merry way. Yeah, yeah. Like for instance, uh, I believe is issue. Let's see, it was issue. Where did I put my notes here? Yeah, issue two of the miniseries, because you know, well, I guess the third issue of the miniseries, but known as issue two, because the first one's issue zero for some reason. Um, the magical MacGuffin. That they get the four emerald things yeah. they use that never come up again. They just, like, literally say, oh, hey, with this, everything is fixed. Haha, it's not fixed, though. They, and they never explain that. That never uh, even carries over to the main series either. No. What he's talking about is called the, uh, the Freedom Emeralds, I think they're called? Yeah, the Freedom Emeralds. When I first read about that in the comic, I actually did look, like, on the wiki to see if they ever came back. No, they're just, like, four emeralds... Put on top of uh, the acorn crown. And that was something that just never came back. They were told as being extremely important in context of the story. But it was just dropped for the main series. It was a very one-off story. Because again, they flat out say, hey, with this, we, we're stopping it right here. Haha. And then they don't, I guess. I don't know. Every issue is just very one-off here. It's very, just the whole thing. This whole, like, first what is it like 14 issues in total yeah it's just like it's just adventures of sonic the hedgehog especially later down in this run i forget which issue it was where it's just literally an episode of adventures of sonic the hedgehog but with sat am yeah so like for example for uh we have in the first issue sonic the hedgehog number one we have robotnik who is given by his uh robot minions a little plant which, by the way, in this very early run of the comic, like I said, Robotnik is a very comedic villain. He is, uh, he, when he's given this plant, he's like, what the fuck is this? I hate wildlife. I hate anything that's alive. Why the fuck did you give me this thing? And the bots say, like, no, 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 it's a robot. Just let it, like, just plant it somewhere and it'll infest in a matter of hours. So they're saying, all right, plant it at the Great Forest, which where their, the Freedom Fighters hideout knothole is. And just let it grow out and they'll be entangled and they can't get out. So that's what they do. Robotnik has it planted there. It overgrows uh, to Knothole. And I think, what is it, Antoine actually tries to like slice it up and kills off the little uh, root that they have there. 
And Sonic brings it back into the underground base and not hole. It's Tails that brings it back in, I believe. It is it is probably Tails, actually, but he does bring it Tails in. Tails watered it. And he waters it. Tails waters it, and everyone freaks the fuck out because they're like, dude, it's going to fucking grow in here. What the hell is the matter with you? And then it short circuits, which reveals that it's a robot, meaning that, oh, let's just fucking wait for it to rain, which I believe it just does. It just conveniently happens to rain and the machine short circuits. And this little beat that I'm telling you about, Robotnik does something, Freedom Fighters have to deal with it, and then one way or another, it just gets dealt with. That's how it goes in these early comics. And we really mean just one way or another. Sometimes it's just like, it just ends. It just There's ends. There's been times, it just ends. These are 32 pages of comics, by the way. A lot of, a lot of fluff in them. A lot of joke stories. <sighs> Speaking of which, actually, there is a... Uh, these early runs of the comics also have a lot of pinup art, which is just like little posters that you find throughout the comic. And also yep. like one-page stories that are obviously comedic. They don't really have much to do with anything, but they're there. It's a lot of filler, and it was it was a drag going through these. Honestly... <laughs> Just nothing of, happens. It kind of did. Like, although another thing that I'm looking at in my notes, a very a big part of this humor for the early run, they they break the fourth wall a lot. Yeah, they do a lot. The two things are the fourth wall is not there, and very bad puns. Those do come from Sonic, though. Yeah. A lot of bad puns, though. Again, issue 9, the whole tree pun segment, which gives us the amazing panel of Home Alone on a Friday night. God, you're pathetic. And, uh, viewers on YouTube, uh, if you've seen our thumbnail, that's exactly what he's referring to. And that art, well, it's actually a redraw done by my friend Alex. Uh, his links will be, you know, around. Yeah, the, the opinion one. Where Sonic is just talking to himself. That's the joke. The joke is so fast he's talking to himself. Ha 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 ha. And since he can run faster than the speed of sound, he goes between two phone lines to talk to himself. That's the joke. Yeah, that's the joke. But despite all of that, there is like some semblance of stories like being told. Like in issue... In issue two, actually, this is the comic where Bailey was referring to about it being like an Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog episode. Because they also have Scratch and Grounder. They're also here. Yeah, Scratch, Grounder, and Coconuts are all here. And I mentioned, like, you know, the only reason Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog kind of worked is because they handled Robotnik really well. And not even because of his characterization, even though it's really good. It was the voice. John Long Baldry as Robotnik was brilliant. Yeah. Like, it's not the same. He's not even rolling his R's for this issue. Come on! If they're gonna do this, they gotta do it right. Exactly. But ex the few semblances of story that do have continuing effects actually start with issue three, because here is actually where we're introduced to Bunny Rabbot. Yes. A character who doesn't get to do much for a while, but she is introduced here. Yeah, and... Her introduction is actually similar to the show in which they find her about to be roboticized and they pull her out like halfway through the process, which leaves her legs roboticized and her right arm. It, yeah, I believe it's her right arm. Yeah, but as a result, 
she, you know, has she kind of has the abilities that a regular uh, Robian, as I believe they're called. She she's very fast and is very strong, and can have a gun arm sometimes. Sometimes, whenever they feel like they want to. Yeah. So they find her and they bring her back to Knothole, to which uh, when Bunny realizes that Sally is slash was the princess, she is like, "Oh shit." I've always wanted to be your hairdresser. Will you let me do that? She's like, what? Okay, sure, but can yeah, you fight for us? Yeah, she wants to be a hairdresser, and they, they remind you that she really wants to be a hairdresser for a bit. Like, they try to stick with it, because, like, it's the an issue or two later. There's, like, a one-page story about it for a joke, but she actually has, like, a hair salon. Yeah, it well. is a bit of a joke, but even in this issue, they do show that she can kick some major ass, because at this time, a a uh, Burrowbot, I believe it's called, comes in to tear down the Great Forest, so she goes with Sonic to take it down. And they do, miraculously. And she she pretty much does all the work, because Robotnik actually learned for a little bit, is like, hey, I'm gonna, like, Sonic likes to do this stupid spin-around thing, so I'm just gonna, like, trap him. But, on that note, speaking of, like, continuous stories, what surprised me the most is actually issue four, because they actually introduced Supersonic into it. I was not expecting them to introduce Supersonic so early. Yeah, they introduced... I believe this one is also in Mega Collection. Uh, issue 0, Issue 3, Issue 4, and Issue 13, I believe, were the ones in. Hmm. So, yeah, I've seen that before. I'm like, haha. When I was here, I was like, haha, Genesis controller, neat. Uh, and I was like, okay. So, it, but it's like... They use they based it off the Sonic Two special stage because like I guess all they had to work with were one two Sat AM. I don't even think CD was out yet. Probably when, not. Yeah, I'm not sure what month this released, and I'm not even sure the month the uh, CD released. But they clearly went more based on two. Granted, it's like Sonic Two is like, you know, the one of the more popular games in the series just in general. Yeah. So it makes sense. Yeah. So, basically what happened... The context for this is the fact that uh, Robotnik roboticizes a salamander, but uh, the the robot assistant kind of fucks up and makes it gigantic, and it kind of goes berserk. And it goes off to the Great Forest to, to basically just destroy the place. Sonic alone tries to go to fight it, and... Uh, he gets Bailey, bored. Uh, okay, yeah. Vor. That all I literally, just so you know, viewers, the for my notes, the only thing I put down for issue four, I didn't put anything about Supersonic or anything like that, I just put Vor. That's it. Yeah, he tries to fucking swallow Sonic. But Sonic is able to get out, obviously. And is like, and he's exposing a little bit. It's like, well, the only way I can uh, fight this thing off is if I go Supersonic. Which, he conveniently just happened to get the seven Chaos Emeralds with 50 rings off screen. Yep, he just had them. He just had them. And he, fight, and he fights it off and actually stays supersonic until the end of the story, which is little interesting. How many but... rings did he have then? That's what I want to know. Like, he Okay, so he collected 50 beforehand. It said that. Did he go get more just to stay in? Because there's no way that was 50 seconds. Only 50 seconds. Maybe it was. Who knows? I mean, I think what you're doing here is you're trying to apply the game logic to this, which, yeah. to be fair... The they tried to bring in the game logic themselves. Yeah, that's why. Exactly. That's what I was gonna say. But it's. I think it's also just because is what you were saying earlier. They don't really have much else to work with here. And that is true. Mike Gallagher. He's. 
no offense to him, but he's definitely not an ideas guy, if you catch my drift. Yeah. He's just kind of just working with what he knows, which it, it works when it needs to, but uh, sometimes it really... Like, you can tell there are... you. It could be better. It could definitely be better. I mean, that's just how licensed things usually are with stuff like this. You just go with what you already know. Don't really come up with anything new. And obviously, they can only do so much. The issues following this are, unsurprisingly, not very eventful. The next issue, which actually was not written by Mike Gallagher. It was actually written by someone else named Angelo Decasare, I believe. Something like that. Yeah. But yeah, in issue 5, basically Sonic and Tails are just in the field playing baseball. And they find Robotnik just, like, having this huge Olympic stadium that they didn't even notice was being built. And Robotnik challenges challenges them to an Olympic game. So, hey, I guess uh, Mario and Sonic at the Olympic Games does have some precedent. It's literally, I called it Sonic Labyrinth Olympics Edition. Because, like, they... (laughs) They, they is Robotnik steals his shoes, steals Sonic's shoes and replaces them. You know the exact story for Labyrinth. <laughs> Except these ones don't slow him down; they just drain him. I didn't him. even make the connection to Sonic Labyrinth. I think that must have been blurred oh, out of my mind. I remember that, and also uh, this this comic isn't accurate, even with what was out at the time. Why could Sonic swim? There's a panel of him just swimming on top of water. He can't swim. I, I know what you're talking about, and he's. The way I see it, he's not actually swimming. I think he's just, like, using his, like, super speed as, like, a motor to move through the water. So I don't... (sighs) Yeah, if his fucking toes that are out, you know, get some official Sonic feet. (sighs) I I think I blocked that out of my memory, too. There's blue feet. They're there. (laughs) Real human toes. Well, not, like, real. Like, they're just... They're defined toes, but no toenails or anything. Anyway, uh, issue six... (laughs) Issue 6 is actually the first uh, kind of licensed tie-in, or I guess adaption is the better term for it, because they basically play through the story beats of Sonic Spinball, which unsurprisingly is a very good fit for the comics, considering that the Freedom Fighters did have cameo appearances in Spinball, so hey. Yeah, Spinball? Is that what I said? Fuck me. Yeah, I think so. But uh, it was an adaption of uh, Spinball, and then it was also a Christmas Carol adaptation. Yeah. Which actually introduces Snively, who just, he's just in the comics after this. Snively kind of just he... makes more of a cameo appearance, though. Well, yeah, he's a cameo appearance, but he appears, like, in the issues after this. Yeah. He's just there. He, he's just they there. They just show him. He... And he's a regular. He is there. It's kind of surprised me they took this long to introduce Snively, considering how prominent he was in the series, but hey. Well, to be fair, Sad AM did come out in 93, I believe, so yeah, probably still in production. Yeah. Because I believe Issue Zero was the first, like, introduction to the Freedom Fighters, period. Yeah, I believe you're right. Yeah, they're, the fir- the very first story in Issue Zero is just uh, Sonic going down into Knothole, kind of, like, talking to the cameras. They just feel like, hey, you want to see where me and my friends live while we uh, try to defeat Eggman? Or, or Robotnik, actually, I should refer but uh, literally all I put is issue six for my notes. But all I have is that I do not like... Oh, yeah, they just treated Antoine like a joke again, I think. I forget what it was, but they just treat him like a joke. And I'm getting tired of it already. Yeah, this is... Because this, this is based off of Sad AM Antoine, which was also tweeted, treated like a joke. So I get why they did that. 
It, it is man. a little uh, frustrating. I will admit when that. you when you've read the you know the later issues and seeing Antoine respected and like everyone respecting him. Yeah, Antoine definitely goes through his own story arc, which I uh, we will get to, and it is a very it is a legitimately great character arc. I will give them that yeah. much, and we'll get to that when we get to that. Yeah, so, and hey. Speaking of, speaking of continuing on, issue number eight. Guys, if you liked uh, fourth wall humor, you're going to love this fucking issue. I'm trying to remember exactly what happened, because I, I literally put two things. I put Sonic Adventure 2 because of the joke panel of Sonic fighting a shadow, and then I said Robotnik is a simp. I, I, I'm not familiar with that last part. I'm, excuse me? Uh, you, this is the issue where he kidnaps Sally. Because she, uh, the, the magic thing. Oh, right. Because she's dressed up like a, like a witch, and she does some mag- uh, like, nature causes, you know, because nature times up with her trying to do magic. And Robotnik just simps for her right there. Like, another showcase of Robotnik not being taken seriously at all. Yeah. That, and actually what he's talking about, that was the B issue. That was the, the back end issue. Okay. The main issue is the one with all the fourth wall humor because it starts off with Robotnik finding one of his minions Sonic comic collection. Oh, oh, this is the comic book one, right? Now I remember. So, yeah, spawn mower. The spawn mower. The spawn mower. Yeah, let's So basically what Robotnik does is that he's just creating all these robots from which are effectively just parodies of, like, Marvel oh, that's and DC issue eight. heroes. Yeah, we're on issue 8, dude. Oh, if I were talking about 7, if it was... cut out. If, uh, <laughs> if... Issue 7 was SA2 and Robotnik is a simp. That's what I had for 7. 8, yeah, I put down Urkel. I put down Steve Urkel. And I also put, I wish it was over Tails. Because <laughs> Tails says it's over. If only. No, the, no, Tail says, don't worry, this issue isn't over yet, there's more. <laughs> I'm just like, I wish it was over. Oh, right. Alright, continue on with what you're saying. So anyway, issue 8. <laughs> ah, fuck. So yeah, the Sonic comics, Robotnik finds them, and he is inspired to create all these different like parody bots of a bunch of different Marvel and DC comics, including uh, mm. Spawn from the Image comics, which was the very last one. But, uh... We, we... There's more after Spawn Mower. There's, like, three one-offs they have, like, just dedicated panels to them. There is, like, Captain Marvel and some other things I forgot about because I didn't care enough to remember. And why would you when the most important leading robot <laughs> is the Urkelbot? <laughs> yeah, Steve Urkel. He's just there. A fucking robot that looks just like Steve Urkel, which, uh... For, for you children in the back, you should not be watching this. This is a 13-plus podcast. Got it, YouTube? Steve Urkel uh, uh, was the voice Voiced of Sonic, Sonic and Saturday. He's voiced Sonic in all the cartoons in the 90s. Yeah. Julio all White, the American man. Julio White, he played Sonic in Sadaim. He played Sonic in Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. And he played Sonic, Manic, and Sonia in Underground. All three of them. And I still hate it. Why is he Sonya? Why? I think we're jumping a little ahead here, buddy. I know, but I just, I still question it. In this <laughs> issue, uh, the B story, the backup story, that this is where we properly are introduced to Snively. 
And here yes. he kind of presents to Robotnik this like shrink ray machine that he built and plans to like trap the Freedom Fighters in it. Because they found the Freedom Fighters have found a music hall. And Sonic's talking about instruments and Bunny at one point goes, hmm, I want to play the xylophone or something else. And Boober's like, why? And she goes, because I'm the sax symbol of this this comic series. And I'm just, why is there a sex joke in my Sonic comic? Hey man, look, it was the '90s. It was different. It was different back then. All right, it was I different. I mean, the Sonic movie. The Sonic movie has a breastfeeding joke. So I mean, we're still in weird times with this franchise. I don't. I don't remember that. So anyway, uh, yeah, uh, they they snively traps them in the little shrink bay, and the Freedom Fighters use the musical instruments to to fight back. And eventually, like I, I think, the effect just wears off. Or it it's it only lasts an hour, so they just like threw shit at him for an hour and it wore off and like, hey, we know how to drive you out. We have the power of music. Which And by that is just they just run him out by playing badly. That's it. Which even good music Robotnik hates. That's another thing, another long list of Robotnik's many ires. He hates music. And anything else that's fun in the world. Yeah. I wonder how long until we get to the no fun allowed panel. How long till till we get to that? It's a good panel. That is a very good panel, I have to agree. And uh, speaking of continual weirdness, uh, the ninth issue, also brought to us by Mike Gallagher, that's where they introduce a uh, robotic doppelganger of Sonic. Pseudo-Sonic. Yeah, did you think it would be anything else? I I don't... I couldn't think of any others. It wasn't Pseudo-Sonic. Was he in... I think he was in Adventures. Yeah, he was in Adventures. For an episode, yeah. Yeah, that's where they got him from. I I just remember Swollen Sonic, and I literally put the lyrics to that shitty Big Chungus song. Oh my god. Big, Big Chungus, Big Chungus, Big Chungus. That's it. Swollen Sonic happens because a butterfly is like, hey, you're in Poisonous Flowers. And he gets... Because you're trying to simp. This is what you get for simping, Sonic. Yeah, that's another thing we didn't touch up on, uh... Sonic and Sally definitely do have this weird, like, hot-cold relationship. Uh, they, they're definitely interested in each other, but uh, I guess war is not the time for uh, a romantic relationship. Listen, we don't have time for the romance yet. That's later. Oh, do we get romance later in this series? <laughs> yeah, we'll get to it. I assure you we'll get to it. So, Y'all like, like love triangles in your Sonic? I don't. You're getting a little too ahead of yourself again, man. <laughs> so, we have Pseudo-Sonic. Sonic is kind of out of commission for this because of the fact he's having a major allergic reaction. Basically, Robotnik's plot is he's going to have this semi-convincing robot copy of Sonic just go into the woods looking for Knothole and give the and give the location to Robotnik so he can, like, carpet bomb the place. And actually, this comic, if you were f- remember, Rotor for this issue or for these comics up until this point was referred to as Boomer. Did they start calling him Rotor now? Yeah, and you can tell because he, I, I, he swear to God, he's in the focal point and on a fucking name tag is just, hello, my name is Rotor. Oh, yeah, okay. I thought it still read Boomer. I guess they, I'm guessing that's when the change happened and I just didn't notice that. Because I read a bunch of these at once. <laughs> that makes sense, though. Because this is when they show off, hey, Rotor's a technology dude. Yeah, he's he's the tech guy. I mean, I think they showed that off earlier. 
too, but like they kind of make a big point because he just kind of he goes and disassembles Pseudosonic after uh, <laughs> Tails did Tails uses his tails to shock him. Yeah, that's how they defeat Pseudosonic. Tails just runs around the Pseudosonic, creating static electricity with his tails, and uh, basically short circuits Pseudosonic, which is a neat trick. But hey. This dense. Pseudosonic was no threat at all. Just the the thing is, like, the only reason he got in is because Antoine only saw him as a silhouette, which is fair. It's fair enough. It is like, oh, that kind of looks like Sonic. Just fucking get in here. Yeah. Fair enough, I guess. So yeah, uh, they just they destroy the robot, and Sonic eventually like subsides from the poison reaction, and. Just kind of goes home. He had no idea what happened. Eh, oh well. It's all as well that ends well. But not before uh, Robotnik finds him on while on the way. Because as Pseudosonic was being defeated, he was uploading the coordinates back to uh, Robotropolis. Or Robotnik has set up base. So he was, fo- he was following the signal, basically. Robotnik was. And he came across Sonic while he was, like, recovering. So it's like, well... I'll kill two birds with one stone, and I'll just kill you. But uh, and then Bunny comes in and saves him, as she is, do. It is great, powerful women. We love that. Yeah. And uh, yeah. And that's issue nine. Again, yeah. another not much going on here. Issue ten, though, uh, still kind of one note, but you know we kind of do see things kind of picking up pace a little bit. We have uh, Freedom Fighters finding some supply lines. They were going to cut them off, but uh, turns out it was a trap by Robotnik. Only for out of nowhere, this goddamn gremlin pops out of the ground. Is just like, hey, can you shut the fuck up? They're called Nerbs. They're called Nerbs. Is their name. And this, for some reason. They're called Nerbs, and they are dressed like stereotypical 90s nerds. It's great. I love it. With Smurf hats. Again, I love it. So Sonic is like, yo, uh, you have a route to escape, let us in. And he's like, no, fuck you, I'm not letting you, I'm not letting you- You're an outsider, fuck Earth- you. I'm not letting you fucking Earthwalkers in my territory, fuck off. And Sonic is like, yeah, uh, sorry, but, uh, we're gonna die, so, uh, peace. So he shoves him back in the hole. All the Freedom Fighters follow the tunnel into the Nerb, like, city, and he's like- this nerve that they came across is, like, pleading with their leader. Just like, I'm so sorry, man. I didn't want these outsiders to follow me. I've disgraced you. I'm so sorry. And then uh, their nerve king or mayor or whatever is basically like, are you guys the ones that's cutting off our air and water supply? This is why we don't fucking work with outsiders. And Sonic's like, no, 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 no. That's Robotnik. We've actually been trying to defeat him for a long while, too. So, hey, you know, we have a little bit of a common enemy. Why don't we work together? They say, like, no, fuck you. You are an outsider. We do not work with outsiders. Get the hell out of here. And, yeah. And the Sonic is like, all right, fine. We'll, we'll leave. I, I don't like you guys he anyway. He was pissed. Sonic was fucking pissed, and they leave. And then they find the sewers. And then they find Nerbs in trouble, and Sonic is like... Like, this is one of the few... This is, like, one of the things that establishes his character, actually. is like, he still saves them, even though he fucking hates them. Which is good. Yeah. We got a little bit... We got some character establishment going on. So Sonic does save them, and the only way to, like, flush out Robotnik... Because when they were in the sur- sewers, they find Robotnik kind of excavating the old uh, Mobian sewers. Just, just, I don't know what he was doing there, but I think he was just kind of conveniently He was just there. chilling. So Sonic decides to, like, mess up his day yet again by 
flooding the old sewers with the with a river that was nearby just opens up the floodgates and uh i don't think it ends up condemning the nerves society but i mean if it does then uh oh well sonic's a terrorist now yeah i mean hey just like he says in black knight can't always be the hero all the time <sighs> that that hurted that hurted right there. <laughs> <laughs> but sonic does open up the river and actually surprisingly enough we find in the sewers a cameo of the teenage mutant ninja turtles who at the time archie had the license for these comics as well yep which now are also owned by idw ironically enough so yep yeah and they're like i believe it was an earlier issue too there was the reasons why to read the sonic comic and uh there was a talk of it does not rely on crossovers to boost sales specifically with the ninja turtles and i'm just like they they've appeared though they there's like a crossover that happens it's a cameo but they appear later on as well for i believe it, i don't know if it was sonic live i don't think it was well regardless like i've been saying we'll get to that when we get to that yeah it and that one also said the sonic comic isn't dying anytime soon which to be fair it was a good 20 years later but it hurts it hurts. Yeah, looking back, it, it, it does hurt a little bit. But we can assume with this sewer flooded, that means Sonic has also condemned condemned the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles to death. So you know what? <laughs> hey. It happens. It's war. No, they're turtles. They're fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. So yeah, Sonic and the gang escape above ground and in the process ends up flooding Robotropolis. So I guess it's a win-win. They, it didn't flood it. It raised it. It was a geyser that happened and just kind of raises Robotropolis up, I believe. But it definitely was a, a minor inconvenience at the very least. Yeah, that's all they do to Robotnik is minor inconveniences. Which, yeah, you know, that's a good point. They do just kind of minorly inconvenience him. Even when they do things, like, in some of these, like, later, or past comics, they do actively try to, like, shut down a robot factory That is production. true. They do actively at one point i think it's like an issue like four or five they they basically do like a fake civil disobedience which i found very funny but it was it was a gambit obviously but like they they do both majorly and minorly inconvenience him yeah they inconvenience robotnik by uh taking away his bug repellent yeah that was the whole plot because they thought it was a real bomb but no it was just repellent yeah, and what he's referring to, like, in that story, they thought Robotnik uh, had a bomb, so they sent Rotor in disguise as Robotnik to uh, take it, and they do manage to get it, and when they're dis- disassembling it, they realize it's just a, a pesticide. <laughs> <laughs> yep. And, uh, yeah, those are all 14 current, uh, up to this point, we did do 14 comics, haven't we? There's, like, some stories we didn't mention, like, the back end of 10, which is Antoine's hot balloon adventure, which yeah. shows him trying to be useful. But, like, Sonic is just a prick to him anyways. Yeah, they they do not give Antoine any respect in these early issues. They like, do not. Even when he tries, they do not respect this man. And you know what? Th- this, is, this is why that meme of be careful who you talk shit about in middle school is so prominent. Th- Antoine... He deserves better. He is, he is the only one of these members who get married later on. That man gets a wife. 
Giga Chad. Exactly. Antoine is a Chad. That's going to be the takeaway from this podcast, listeners. I guarantee you, you will understand why Antoine is a Chad. Antoine is a very good character, and they're mean to him. That man gets one of the best characters in this series. Antoine, Antoine is a good boy. He's a good boy. Uh, he is the good French person we need. Yeah, he speaks in a very bad French accent, and you can see that. By it how... gets worse as the comic goes on, though. It gets worse. It's like, it's kind of like same a... with Bonnie's accent. It's like a disproportion... they also like exaggerate them. Yeah, it's like a disproportionate relationship. Like the accent gets more pronounced as his Chad level rises. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it really but does, yeah. huh? That man proposes to his girl in that French accent. And we'll, we'll get to that, viewers, I assure you. And <sighs> as far as these uh, past 14 issues go, do you have any final thoughts, Bailey? My whole thoughts are just, these were okay, I guess. I'm just, I cannot believe I am saying this, but Ken Penders, please show up already. So we can actually have more interesting things to talk about. I'm glad you mentioned that, my friend. Because next issue, issue 11, is the premiere of Ken Penders' run. Woo! He's coming in! I'm so ready. My own thoughts for this? Like, I if when you read along this, and for all our listeners, I do encourage you guys to read along, even with these more duller comics, because looking back on it, I completely appreciate them just for the fact that they were establishing these uh, kind of floors and basic concepts that carry on even even to when the comic ended some of these concepts are still being used completely isolated from the games it is yep. really interesting and what surprised me the most like i mentioned before supersonic being introduced in issue four i legitimately did not remember that i thought he was introduced like way later on but no he's there and even though the introduction was kind of part of a fourth wall breaking joke it still happened it's there Oh, yep. also to mention, like Sonic mentioned, he got the seven Chaos Emeralds already beforehand. But viewers of the comic will notice something particular. There. They're all green. And oh, that is something yeah. that will be carried on for even into Ian Flynn's run. Wait, really? Were they all green then? They I were all green that. then up until a certain point. And a certain point that we will get to. And listeners, yeah. I know we're dropping a lot of future stuff here, and if it's frustrating you, I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm sorry. God damn this comic! It has a slow <laughs> There's... start, but god damn this comic! You don't get to run a 25 year comic and have nothing happen. Shit's gonna get real. I promise you. There's a lot of good with this ser- with this comic run. A lot of things that I love and adore with all my heart. And there are things that I have not experienced yet, because I'm going into the Ken Penders run blind. Uh, I know things, but I have not gone through them myself. I've only gone through Ian's run when things started getting really good. So, there's, so I'm aware there's a lot of bad that I cannot wait to experience firsthand. I am afraid and excited to see where this rabbit hole goes. And to be perfectly honest, I'm going into Ken Penders run like 
mostly blind. I do know some certain things that happened, but the context isn't there for me. So this is going to be great. This is going to be great. So to all you guys that have been uh, so in so far listening to this, thank you for checking out the pilot episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. Uh, hopefully this will be a weekly or at the very least recurring series. And I think that's going to be it from us. Yeah, that'll that'll be it. I've got nothing more to say. We'll have to figure out when we can do more of these because I'm still working, unfortunately. But it's a rough yeah. time for all of us. It is a rough yeah. time for all of us. I don't get to quarantine like everyone else. I get to work for a fast food place called. It's fittingly enough, I work at a Sonic. So, you know, it's as if it was preordained. And on that final note, bid you a well viewer. Thank you for listening to the pilot episode of the Archie Sonic Digest. See you next time with the beginning of Ken Penders' run. Yeah, give me Ken. <laughs> oh, God. See you next time, guys. Bye.